And we know that Adam Rishain Adam Rishain was Nivra B'Tzalam Alekim He was the Yitzir Kapov of Hashem He was created by the hands, as it were, of the Rabbani Shalom, the Chvaido Ba'atzmai Chazal tell us that Adma Rishain was Misaifa Eilam Ba'atzaifai if he would lie down, his head would be on one end of the world, and his legs, his feet, would be on the other end of the world. The Gemara also says that his feet, when he was standing up, were on the earth, and his head was in Shamayim. And the Gemara says that teaches us that the distance between heaven and earth is the same distance as the breadth of the world. Whatever that means... But the sight is that we see that Adam Arishan was not some an ordinary person in any way. Adam Arishan was the perfection of a human being. If there was ever a perfect specimen of humanity in the way the Rabbi Shalom had originally intended a human being to be, it was Adam Arishan. And so the question is. If Adam Arishan was so great, which he was, how is it possible that he could fall so far and so fast that he could go from a, the heights that he was able to attain? And within a few hours, the Gemara says, he was already the same day, the same Arab Shabbos that Adam Arishan was created a few hours later, Chava gave him from the Eitz and he ate it, and he was Nichshel and the Avera that we still suffer from today. How is that possible? How is it possible for such a superhuman being, and not just a physically superhuman being, but a spiritual superpower, to be Nichshel in the only mitzvah that he was given, the love of not eating? From the Eitz Hadas, he blew it in a few hours. How is it that such a thing should happen? To get to the answer to this question, we have to see what the Ma'are Neno, what the Vilna Gain says on this week's parsha. He asks this very question, but he really asks it, somebody asked it of him from a Medrash Pliyah. There's a Medrash Pliyah that it's brought in the footnotes that we don't have it, we can't find it. But this is what the Medrash Pliyah supposedly says. Why was Adam Rishon What caused the sin of Adam Rishon? And the Medrash says four words. Because Adam Arishan only saw two, that's why he was chaitin. A very cryptic medrash, that's the end of the medrash. We don't know what the medrash is talking about, obviously. So for that, you have to go to the likes of the Vilna Gain. And the Vilna Gain on the spot explained that the pshat in this medrash is based on a Mishnah in Pirkei Avis. The Mishnah in Pirkei Avis says in Parakimo, Mishnah Aleph, Akavya ben Ma'alao Oimer. The famous Mishnah, the famous 
warning or advice of Akave ben Malalel. Histakel b'shloisha devarim. A person need but only look at three things in life. If you want to avoid falling into the trap of Avera, if you want to be a perfect Eved Hashem without ever sinning, you need but look at three things constantly. Not just look, but contemplate and allow it to seep into your very being. Da, me'ayin baso. From where do you come from? You have to look back and see from where you emanated from. And to where you're going. And before whom you will ultimately have to give a reckoning to. And then Akavya continues and he says, From where do you come from? You come from a, a drop from a drop of, of Zera, that's where every single human being comes from. And so that should humble a person, a person that's able to look at where he comes from. That would be a source of really knocking a person's wind out of him and making him realize that maybe I'm not so great. Maybe I, I think I'm a big shot, but really I come from basically nothing. Where are you going to? We're all heading in the same place. As big a mansion we might have, as well as a salary we might be pulling in, and as much covered as we might be getting, we're all going to end up in the same place. The inevitability of man's fate is that we all are buried. Lamata. In a makayim of afar rima b'saleya, that's what man can hope for. The best of man's hopes is to lie with a maggot. Period. So that's also very humbling. And finally, we're all going to have to answer someday to the King of Kings, to the Rebbeinu Shalom. And so, if a person always sets his focus on these three things where you come from, where you're going, and before whom you're going to have to answer to, then a person will never ever be nechshol and naveru. Zat that's the pshat in the Medrash. The reason why Adam Rishon was chaytei was he didn't have all three things possible to examine and to explore and to contemplate. He only had two. He was able to see where he was going. He was able to see before whom he was going to have to answer to. But he never had the ability to see the first thing. He never was able to acknowledge or to understand this concept that I come from nothingness. Because he didn't. He came from the Rabbi Shalom. He was the Yitzir Kapov. He was not the result of biology. He was the result of the fact that the Rabbi Shalom with his hands, Kaviyachel, created and formed him into this amazing human being. And so because Adam Arishayim always lacked that ability to see that part of the equation of humanity, he was never able to see this first thing of Akavah ben Ma'alala, Me'ayin Baso. 
So because of that, that is why Adam Rishon was able to be nichshol this terrible abeira of eating from the Eitz Hadas. Adkan divrei agro. And Lechaira, it's very schwer, it's very hard to understand what this medrash kliya is, what the Gaim's explanation is, because Lechaira, Agmarishain, should have had a higher level of responsibility to not be chayte, knowing that he was the Yitzir Kapa of the Rabbani Shleilam. If he knows that he was the handiwork of, of the Rabbani Shleilam just a few hours ago, doesn't that create a, a responsibility on him to behave and to not be chayte, not to be married, not to rebel against the king that had just created him? So what if he lacked the ability to see that he comes from a tipos rucha? Shouldn't he still be aware of the fact that he has to, he has a rabbi to answer to? Why is that an excuse for him being able to be nichshon? So we're going to answer this terrorist, but before, before we answer this, we have to give a few hakdamas. And the first hakdama is a pachad yitzchak. It's a pachad yitzchak that we've discussed many times. And it's a very intrinsic, very fundamental yisai that we have to know about ourselves. And that is that a person does not want to say thank you. A person likes to believe that he's independent. A person wants to always be atzma'i in the Russian of the Pachir Yitzchak. We like to believe that we don't need to come on to anybody. I think the happiest day of my life was, or at least the first happy day was the day that I got my bicycle. Because that gave me a sense of independence. It's the first time you're able to actually go on a bike and ride around the block and ride around the neighborhood. You feel all independent. You feel like you don't need your father and your mother to constantly shepherd you around. But you're able to have a little bit of a taste of independence. And that need for independence never ends. We like to be able to get a good job with a good salary so we have money in our pockets. We don't feel that we need to say thank you to our parents. We don't want an allowance anymore. We don't want to come on to other people's favors. We don't want to feel that we are at all tethered to anything. We want to feel that we are able to be the masters of our own destiny and that we are completely self-contained. We're an island that we're able to survive without anyone else's aid. And of course, that's foolish, because we all need one another. It's not possible. You might be the most brilliant person in the world, but you still need to call a plumber when the plumbing breaks. And you still need to go to the local stores to buy baked goods and to buy cooked goods and to, and to get bread. And to we need rabbeim, we need wives, we need friends. We all need each other. Nobody is truly independent. But yet we like to believe we, we have this need to feel independence. And so this need to feel independence makes us very reluctant to be makirtayv. To express a thank you to somebody else. It's the hardest thing in the world to do in a way. If you see, if you ever want to see what real human beings are, you have to look at children. 
See, when we grow up, we already were trained that we have to do certain things for etiquette. So we say thank you, but it's not really a full thank you. We don't really mean it. It's just a hollow word, that a hollow expression, just because we know that when somebody does us a favor, we're supposed to say thank you. But the thank you really, for the most part, very often, is not sincere. Children, it's very hard for them to say thank you. If you ever notice, if you give a child a candy, they run away. They don't say thank you unless the parent comes and screams at them, did you say thank you? It's not the shot that they're too lazy to say thank you or they're bashful. It's because they are real human beings. They, this is the human being before they were trained for how a human being is supposed to be. So when they don't say thank you, the reason is because they don't want to be makir, that they owe something to somebody else. Even a child understands that. Everybody has this feeling, I don't want to say thank you because thank you really is saying that I owe you something and that I needed you. And I don't want to have that feeling. Nobody wants to feel indebted. Nobody wants to feel that they needed to come on to somebody else's help. So Rav Hutner says a beautiful vart. He says, if you ever notice, the Lushen of Maide, thank you, also means to admit. Like Maide B'miktas. Maide B'miktas means I admit, I partially admit. Maida doesn't only mean thank you, but it means admit. And Rav Hudner says the reason for that is very simple. It's not just a coincidence that these two words, as he puts it, are nizdamnu lepundag echo, that they just happen to bump into each other like two ships in the night at a hotel. But rather, there is a reason whenever in Lashnach Haidish two words share the same shairish and the same, same sounds, there's a reason for it. And he says, because when a person says maida, when a person says thank you, what he's really saying is, I admit that I needed you. I have to admit to you that I needed to come on to you. You helped me fix my flat tire. I say thank you to you because I admit that I couldn't do it by myself. I needed to come on to your help. And that's precisely why it's so difficult for us to say thank you and mean it, because nobody wants to admit that they couldn't do something on their own. Everybody wants to believe, at least in their minds, that they have the ability to do everything and anything by themselves. I remember when I used to, my bank is Chase, Chase Bank, so for a while they had bells by every teller. There was by the booths, they had a little bell, and there was a little sign there by the bell that says, if you appreciated the service, if it was good service that the teller provided, please ring the bell. So I never knew what to do when it came my turn. I didn't want to, I thought it was a, like busyness for a human being to have to like, you know, for her to have to like hear the bell ring like a, and, and, and then she has to like respond like a, a Pavlovian dog, you know, like, you know, like, what, what, like what's exactly she supposed to do when she hears the bell ring? Is she supposed to like bark? Is she supposed to like jump on her hind legs? Like what, what's, what exactly is the response? But what's the svara? Why is that? Why, why did Chase install such, such a silly idea that they took away a couple of weeks later? Because people didn't say thank you. Because people are really unwilling and unable to say thank you. They don't want to say thank you because saying thank you means I needed to come on to you. 
And a person wants to be atzma'i, a person wants to feel independent, I could do it on my own, thank you very much. Even though I need a teller, but by saying that, I'm made it to you that I needed to come on to you, and that's something that I'm really, really reluctant to do. This need for a person to overcome this reluctance is very, very important. A person, even though it's difficult to say thank you, a person must learn how to say thank you. It's the most important thing that a human being who wants to be a mensch could do is to not only say thank you, but mean thank you. That means that if anyone does us a favor, if anyone was nice to us, if anyone gave us a present, it's incumbent upon a person to be made to that other person. You have to agree, you have to admit that you owe him something, and you have to feel that indebtedness. That's part of what it is to be a human being. To override that inhibition, to override that reluctance to say thank you, and to say thank you with all your heart. And that's not only important to be a human being, this midah v'akaris it's a very fundamental step in being an Ayyad Hashem. The Ramchal tells us in Mesil Sisharim that the main way that a person could be a Zariz, the main way that a person could be a true Ebed Hashem, is by feeling Hakaras Hataiv, by understanding that everything that I have in life is from the Rabbani Shalom. And so I can never repay him. It's not possible in the world to ever begin to begin repaying the Rabbani Shalom for all of the Chasadim that he does from the day that we are born until the day we die and every step in between. The fact that he clothes us and he feeds us and he allows us to be healthy and to do all the things that we enjoy all directly from the Rabbani Shalom. And only when a person is able to be makirtayv to the Rabbani Shalom can a person begin to feel that I have to do mitzvahs and I have to avoid averus. If you don't have akaras hataiv, if you don't feel that you really are indebted to the Rabbani Shalom, it's very easy to ignore the Rabbani Shalom and eventually to be a kafwi taiv and to be a kaifer v'ikr. The reason why a person is a kaifer, how is it possible for a person to become an atheist? How is it possible to deny all of the bria that's so evident to us? And the terror says because if a person is ingrateful, if a person is an ingrate and a person does not appreciate things, so then they could deny things and they could deny the very existence of the Rabbi Nishleim. And we see that Adam Arishain had this midah, as hard as it is to understand, and of course we have to put it in the right perspective, Adam Arishain was Adam Arishain. But Chazal tell us that Adam Arishain was a kafui type. Adam Arishain was somebody that denied good. He was an ungrateful being. Where do we see this from? Because the Torah tells us that right after the Avera, when HaKadosh Baruch was giving him a Musr Shmuz, how is it possible that you did this? Admiration had the goal and he had the audacity to say to the Rabbani Shlaylam, Ha'isha asher nasato imadi, he That that woman that you gave me, she was the one that fed me from the eights and that's why I ate. He blamed it on the Rabbani Shlaylam. 
but he showed in gratitude. Rashi brings down that Mikansha Kafwe Taivahayo. Admiration was a Kafwe Taiva, he was an ingrate. He was a person that was not able to recognize the chesed of the Rabbi Shalom. Just a few minutes before the Maisa of the Chet, he was complaining to the Rabbi Shalom that Lakulam Yesh Ben Zug, Ben Zug. He saw all of the animals having mates. And I don't have a mate, I'm alone, I'm lonely, I need some companionship. And Akadosh Baruch says, okay, I accept that. And then he created Chavo as a taiva for Adam. And then Adam goes and throws it back in the Rabbi Yisrael's face. That the reason why I was chaytu is because of you. Because you gave me Chavo. That is Kapoi Taiva. That smacks of ingratitude and of, of a complete lack of Akaras HaTaiv. And so Adma Rishain, it was very easy for him to be chayte, because if he was an ungrateful person, he was ungrateful about Chava, he was ungrateful to the Rabbi Shalom. If you're ungrateful to the Rabbi Shalom, if you don't have Akaras HaTaiv, then you're not exactly motivated to do what the Rabbi Shalom wants from you. If I have Akaras HaTaiv and I feel gratitude, I need to do something back for the Rabbi Shalom for all he's done for me, so then I'm going to do his mitzvahs and I'm going to avoid doing Averis. But if I don't really appreciate what he's done for me, so then it's very easy for me to be chayte. And that's what I believe was Adma Rishain's ability to be chayte right away came from the fact that he was ingrateful. Came from the fact that he lacked this basic akaras hataib. And if you lack akaras hataib, you lack the interest and the motivation to be a good Ebed Hashem. Now, where does a person learn Hakaras HaTai from? What is the training ground that teaches a human being, I have to appreciate others? Where do we get that from? So there's a famous Sefer HaChinach in Mitzvah Lama Gimel. The 33rd Mitzvah in the Torah, according to the Chinach's count, is the Mitzvah of Kibar Ava'in. A person has to honor his mother and his father. And listen to the words of the Chinuch. The Chinuch always gives us a beautiful understanding behind the, the purpose of the mitzvah. Of course, this is not the only reason. There are millions of reasons for every mitzvah. But the Chinuch always makes it his business to give us a shayrish ha-mitzvah, to give us a little bit of an understanding in why we should be doing this mitzvah. What's the musr her? What's the understanding? What's the moral or ethical reason that we can have some taste when we're performing the mitzvah, that it might be helpful for us to know. So the Chinuch says like this, Mishrashei mitzvah zu, from the shayrish, the essence of this mitzvah, you want to know what the purpose of honoring one's parents is? Shero'i adam sheyakir v'yigmal chesed l'mishasi maitaibu. It's befitting and it's proper for a person to appreciate to recognize and to repay somebody that does good for you. For lo yeah, listen to the washing of the chinuch. For lo yeah, novel umisnaker taiva. A person should not be a novel. A novel is like a very, I don't want to use the word, but a, a low life. That's what a novel is. A novel is a despicable low life. That's how the chinuch call somebody that lacks hakaras hataiv. If you're a kapoi taiva, then that means that you are the lowest form of human being. 
You cannot really even claim Kimat to be a human being if you're not able to be Makritayv. Shezu Mida Ra'a, it's an awful, disgusting Mida Umu'usa, Betachlis, there is no worse and no more disgusting Mida before men and God, God and men, there is nothing worse than a person that's an ingrate. The Shayitin Aliba and a person has to understand that your mother and your father the reason why you are in this world, whether you like it or not, whether you're willing to come to terms with it or not, it's because of your parents. Your parents are the reason that you are here. The Alkane, the MS, Roy Loilas Islam called Kovid the Khotel Shayukal. Because we have to be grateful to our parents for bringing us into this world, therefore we have to honor them and we have to respect them in any way possible. Kiyam have you Loilam, because number one, they brought us here. Gam Yagubai Kamiyagiyas Bikatnusai. Also, when we were young, when we were infants, they did a lot of things that we don't even know about. And sometimes you have to be a parent in order to appreciate your own parents. When you start having to stay up an entire night with a crying infant, you realize, you scratch your head and say, wait a minute, I think my parents must have done this also. When you have to, and you'll pardon me, change diapers, soil diapers, that means that your parents did the same thing. And when you have to go through all of the many, many things that's necessary to be a parent, you realize what your parents have done for you all the years, before you even were able to understand what they were doing for you. And once a person recognizes this truth, that we have so much indebtedness to our parents, we owe our parents so much, then... Here comes the clincher. Through the mitzvah of Kibbut Abayim, we're able to ingrain in ourselves this all-important, this fundamental of fundamentals of Hakaras HaTayv. Hakaras HaTayv, the training ground for Hakaras HaTayv, is honoring our parents. Every time that we respect our parents, that we stand up for them when they come into a room, that we're nice to them, that we feed them, that we give them, we pour drinks for them, when we honor them by, by saying the right things to them, and defending them to others, all the things that is necessary, and not sitting in their seats, and not refuting them, not contradicting them, not being, not acting in a base way towards them, all of these things are things that are supposed to train us in our why are we respecting these people? Because they're our parents. And so what? Because they gave us so much, we have to repay them in kind. We'll never fully be able to repay them in kind, but we have to try. And the feeble efforts that we're making in the midst of Kibbut Abba'im is supposed to try to bring into ourselves this Midah Once we've attained this Midah, says the Finuch, now we can take it to the next step. Then we're able to gain from this lahakir taibas hakel baruchu. Now we're able to appreciate. Now that we've dealt with our parents, and it's difficult to be mechabed our parents because a lot of us, perhaps because of our understanding that we owe them so much, it's difficult for us to deal with them. Like it's difficult, as Rav Hotner says, to always 
admit that we owe somebody something. And so our parents, who we owe so much to, it's very difficult for us to deal with them. It's very difficult for us to really ever look them straight in the eye because we know that we owe them so much. And so that's why I think a lot of times we don't have the best relationships always with our parents because we don't like to always admit that we owe them. And so that causes a lot of friction in the relationship. But nevertheless, when we overcome that friction and we're able to really be great children to our parents, then we're able to be makir taib also to the Rabbi Nishleilam. Because HaKadosh Baruch He created our parents. He created our grandparents. All the way up the line to Adma Rishon. He provided for all of our needs. HaKadosh Baruch he made us healthy. He gave us a brain. He gave us a mind. He gave us a soul. So the mitzvah of Kibbutz according to the Chinuch, is a two-step process. Number one, we're supposed to learn how to honor our parents, be makritayt to them who've done so much for us. And then once we've graduated from that department, then we're able to understand now how to be makiritite to the Rabbi because the Rabbi created our parents. But first, we need the human interaction with our mother and our father to be able to understand how to be makiritite. Once we learn how to be makiritite, now we can understand how we can be makiritite to the Rabbi and be a more perfect evet to the Rabbi as a result. But that's why we are commanded to honor our parents because our parents did so much for us and so therefore it teaches us Hakar Zatayv. Once we learn that Hakar Zatayv, we could apply it to the Rabbi Nishon. With this as a background, I think we can better understand the Pshat and the Gain. Because the Gain says in the Medrash, the reason why Admiration was Chayte was he only saw two things. He only saw where he was going to, and he only saw before who he was going to give a din mecheshpin to. But, he didn't see the first thing. He was not able to see, me'ayin basa, from where you came. He wasn't able to see that he came from a tipas rucha. He never had parents. Agamarishan, because he never had parents, he lacked in this all-important yisayid of Akharis HaTayv. Had he been born biologically, had other Mauritian had a set of parents that he'd have to break his himself and say thank you and be machabed and be makyabitaivasam and not be a kapli taiva, then he would be able to have never, to be a much better Ebed Hashem and never to have sinned. Then he would be able to have the whole panorama of Akavi ben Malalel, of Me'ayin Basa, Ulan but because he didn't have a set of parents, he lacked in the ability to learn this to learn that I come from something. I wasn't born from nothing. I was born from parents. I was born from a tipasucha, not just in the fact that that should humble us, but that should make us aware that I have parents that created me. There's a reason that I was here. I'm not here by myself. I wasn't born from a rock. I was born from a set of parents who raised me and who helped me and I appreciate them and because I appreciate them I have to learn gratitude and if I'm grateful to them I can be grateful to the Rabbi Nishan. 
because Admarisha lacked this ability to have parents, he was only Raya Shtayim. But he wasn't able to see this first all important step. He didn't have parents to appreciate, and therefore he wasn't fully able to appreciate anything. He didn't appreciate his wife, and he didn't appreciate the Rabbi Shalom. He was a couple tired to the ability that he was able to say, that midav kapoi taif came from the fact, I believe, that he was lacking this ability to see mayan basam, <coughs> and because of this, as lofty as admiration was, as much as he was the yitzir kapov, but he lacked the training ground which parents are to enable a person to be makir taif. And because of that, that led him down the slippery slope until he was able to not only be a kafli taiv, but the next step, the inevitable step of being not only kaifer taiv, but a kaifer be'ikr, as Chazal say that he was a kaifer, that he was able to at one point completely not believe in the Rabbi Nishleilam. Because when a person is not a kafli, is not a, a makir taiv, then it's very easy for most of the not makir the Rabbi Nishleilam. And so, one thing that we have to take from this shmuz is that it's so fundamentally important for a person to say thank you and to be a grateful human being. To be grateful to everybody. To be grateful to our parents. You have to call them as often as you can and say thank you to them. Say, I appreciate all that you've done for me. It's not easy for parents. Hard economic times to send, send you to such a fine yeshiva, to send you money, clothe you, feed you. All of these things cost money and time, and, and, and it's difficult. And so you have to mock your type at least. If you can't repay your parents, at least you have to repay them with a thank you. The Maral says an amazing part. The Maral says, it's so important to be a grateful person. He says, also... If there is an ingrate, if I know somebody that I know, time and time again I do one good deed after another good deed and he never says thank you to me, not only do I not have to do a taiva with him, it's also for me to do a taiva for him. You're not supposed to do a taiva to an ingrate. And I think the chat is pusher because when I do a taiva, there is a, it's a, it's a, it's a two-way street. I do a taiva for you. What do you give back to me? You don't have to give me back money. I didn't do it for money. But the least that you owe me is a thank you. And if you don't repay me with a thank you, I don't have to be to loan you any more good. I only have to loan you good if you if you have. I, I, do I? If I'm a malva, do I have to give back? Do I have to loan people money that I know won't pay me back? Of course not. You only have to repay people that you think is going to repay the loan. Otherwise, you shouldn't, re- you shouldn't loan money to people that aren't going to repay you. And so the same is true with taiva. If I do a taiva to somebody, that's halvah. The only thing I'm asking in return, the only thing that I'm entitled to, or the only thing I really want, is a thank you. If you're not going to thank me, then I don't have to do you a taiva. One of the most dramatic mices that I have in my own personal life about a kofi taiva is when I was a bacher. When I was a bacher, uh, this is going back quite a number of years, I got a phone call from a relative of mine. 
a female relative of mine who lived not in not in New York, and she was telling me that Agav Orcha. She was telling me that she has a um, a girl that lives in her community, and it's very hard for her to find the shidduch. She is, first of all, she was a giyiris. Her parents are a gayrim, so that automatically makes it a little difficult. Uh, they have no money, and she's no beauty queen. So basically, she has. A, there was a perfect storm of problems for this girl, and she lives out of town, and nobody from New York would really be so quick to jump to a faraway place to date. There's plenty of girls in New York to date. So she asked me if I knew of anyone that maybe would be good for her. So I said, listen, I don't know of any. I'm not so much in the parasha. I don't know anyone that would be good for her. But there is a woman in a certain city who I know deals with such cases, and maybe she would be able to be helpful. So it sounds good. So I gave this relative of mine this woman's phone number, and that was the end of the conversation. Fast forward a couple of months, four or five months later, and this I was speaking to this relative of mine again, and she said, you know, last night I went to the most beautiful chasna. It's an, such a, a gorgeous chasna I went to. The night, the happiest chasna. You're not going to believe it. I said, oh, well, what, what, what made it so happy? Oh, this girl is a gayiris, and she, her parents are gayrim, and they have no money, and they, she got such a great guy. I, she said, wait a minute. You actually helped a little bit. I said, what do you mean I helped? She said, yeah. I called that Shatzen that you gave me the number to, and and she put him, she put that girl in touch with her husband, and they got engaged. They got married last night. So I said, "Wait a minute." I said, "That's my shidduch. I was the one that really connected the dots. Without me, this girl would not have gotten married." I said, "No one had the common decency to pick up a phone and call me." No one had the decency to send me a postcard, if not an invitation. Uh, you don't have to make me a sadhu kedushin, but you know, like, uh, but 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 call me to thank me. You know what? You're right. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to have the mother. She'll call you. She, you know. Okay. I waited a day, waited a week, waited a couple of months. No call. No nothing. Okay. Two and a half years later, I get a call. It was from the mother of this girl. Um, really want to apologize to you. Um, we really uh, never properly thanked you. We never really thanked you at all. And I know that it was only because of you that they should have came, and they're so happy, Baruch Hashem. I said, that's fine. I was already breaking with them, so I wanted to hang up the phone as quick as possible. She says, I really want to give you Shadchanus. I want to pay you. I said, no, 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 it's not necessary. This phone call was Shadchanus enough. She said, no, 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 I insist. I said, why are you, why are you so insisting? Well, I'll tell you the truth. Um, my daughter and her husband, they can't have children. So they've been going to a lot of doctors. And somebody told us that if you don't pay the shatchan, so then that's a, that's a reason why you might not have children. So we really need to pay you. So I said, oh, so you're not really calling me to thank me. You're calling me as a schooler. So it's not really akarasatayv. It's vaiter kafuitayv. It's just that you're vaiter. It's just another patron panim. I didn't say that. That was what I was thinking. <laughs> so she said, "Yeah, so we really want to pay you." I said, "No, it's, I really don't want to take the payment. Thank you. It's amaychal mutilach." 
So no, I'm going to call your relative and I'll get your address by hook or by crook, so you better tell me your address. So I gave her my address. I waited a day, waited a week, waited a month. Nothing came. Baruch Hashem, I heard they, in case you're interested, they did have kids in the end of the story. And, but that was, I think, the first time in my life that I personally really was face-to-face with, some, with the concept of Kafli Taif. And what the, what the Chinuch means when he says that it's a midorom usab tachlis of Nehle Kimbadam. It's such a disgusting midor for a person to get a, a favor done to them. It doesn't have to be a shidduch. It could be whatever. It could be the most trivial of favors. But that you don't say thank you and you don't mean it. The G'daylam, whenever they would go to a dinner... Whenever there would be like yeshiva dinners, they say Maisa Baramesha, Baraham. They would make it their business that before they left, they would go into the kitchen, into the industrial kitchen, and find out who the chef was and say thank you if the food was delicious, and say thank you to the waiters and the waitresses. Basic hakaras ataiv. We don't owe that to people. We don't owe the people that help us out so much. On a daily basis, do we ever thank our Abayim? Do we ever really thank our Abayim? I know after the Shmuz, everyone's going to come over and say, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Every time I give the Shmuz, that's, that's what happens, and I assume it will happen today. But, but happen in a couple of weeks from now, when I don't speak about our Sataif, do you ever go over to your Rabbi? I'm not, I'm not talking about this, I'm talking about in general. you ever go over to a Rav in a Shul? and say, thank you, I really enjoyed the shir, I enjoyed the drasha, I enjoyed the shmuz, I enjoyed the chaburo. Or do you just like pick up the, the shir is over, time for mincha, and you walk out as if it's, it's a movie. You just basically, the curtain drops and you're able to go home. Hakaras type dictates that you have to be makir If you gain something from your rabbi, you have to say thank you. And if you don't say thank you, then you're a kafwe taif. It's a mida ra'a uma'usa betachlisa. And if you don't say thank you to people, what happens is people don't want to do you favors. Don't scratch your head and say, I don't know why people aren't being nice to me, why people aren't being generous to me, why people are not being good to me. If you're not a grateful person, then nobody wants to do something good for you because you never say thank you. Rapam used to say over a Maisa that there was a farmer who was a grabyan, he was a grub individual. He never said thank you to his wife for anything. 20 years they were married. She was making him delicious food, delicious supper. She was putting half a day into cooking him vegetables and steak and chicken and, and soup and bread. Everything fresh and delicious. He never opened up his mouth once and said thank you. So one day she put a bale of hay in front of his, on his plate. And he said, hey, what's this? What's going on over here? Where's my supper? And she says, this is your supper. He says, what do you mean this is my supper? Where's the chicken? Where's the steak? Where's the soup? And she says, oh, I didn't even know that you realized what I was giving you. Because you never once said that it was good. You never once said that you enjoyed it. You never once showed any sign of appreciation. So I thought if I give you, the behemoths don't say thank you to me. You don't say thank you to me. I think I might as well try giving you what I give to the behemoths. Because if a person doesn't know how to say thank you, he's pasha the behemoth. Shutek ashmai. It's not that you're a human being, but you lack midas, 
You're not a human being. A person that's not able to say thank you and mean it and look to say thank you and start thinking, who do I owe a thank you to? Who do I owe a favor to? Who do I owe Akaris Hatayv to? Like what kept Akashverish up that night. Why was Balailu Because he knew that there was some sort of plot against him. And he said, it must be that I, somebody must have done me a favor and I never thanked them for the favor. And so that's why he went through the whole, his whole Megillah to find out who he owes a favor to. And he realized, oh, Mordechai once did me a tremendous favor and I never thanked him. So the whole Mesa Purim happened because at least Achashverosh understood that if you do a favor to somebody and you don't get a thank you, then that's why a person might not deserve anyone tipping him off to other things that are good for him. And so this is the most fundamental yisaid that we can ever take. If there's one recurring theme that I try to give in my shmuz and my vaden, you might have, this might all sound familiar to you, I hope. And that is because this is something that I feel is so fundamental. Because I see guys that are makir and I see how amazing their lives are because they're makir they have great marriages, they're great parents, they're great friends, they're great communal people. And then there are people that are complete kafwi taiv. They have no appreciation for anything. They don't appreciate Rabbeim. They don't appreciate their parents. They don't appreciate their roommates or their friends. They don't appreciate yeshiva. To them, yeshiva is just a place that they come, they get some learning done, they get some college credits, and they absolutely put nothing into yeshiva. They, when they don't have to come to yeshiva, when something is not mandatory, they don't come. If it's if Simchas Torah is not something that they have to come to, they don't come to. Do you know how beautiful Simchas Torah was in yeshiva? Do you know what you missed by not being here? Many of you were here. And I know many of you have good reason that you weren't here. But I'm saying in general to try to give back a little bit to yeshiva. To come on Shabbos even when it's not a, a, an official in Shabbos. Why? I know that you could go here and go there and it's more fun to do this and that. But there's something to building up yeshiva that you're in. And to appreciate what you have. And to make it a better place. And whoever has this midah v'akar satayv, I see time and time again, there are people that are, have amazing lives in the future. And the people that are miserable throughout their lives, the people that do not have good marriages, the people that are not good parents, the people that are not really, they're not good employees. These are people that are, have this midah of ingratitude. I don't care. I'm in it for me. Everything is, I just care about myself. What's good for me, that's what I do. Anything extra, anything that doesn't exactly fit my personal needs, not good for me, not fun for me, not interesting to me, Ladam, I don't care about. Not, not to me. All I care about is me, myself, and I. Those are the three most important things in the, in the world, and everything else I, I could care less about. Such a person is a kafwe type. Such a person is the most low form of society the lowest form of life possible. An amoeba is greater than that person. A human being needs to have akaras hataif. And the earlier that we learn this all-important, all-intrinsic mida, character of thank you, I appreciate it, I can't do enough for you, what can I do for you? 
Send your Rebbe a present. Hanukkah time. Give your Rebbe a present. Call your parents Arab Shabbos. Give your wife once in a while a surprise gift, even if it's not her anniversary. Say thank you, Rabbi Victor Milius, to say that before you bench for the Rabbi Shalom, you're benching, I don't know if you use this terminology, but I will. Your benching is worth nothing unless you, you thanked the person that cooked the food for you before you bench. Don't thank the Rabbi Shalom before you thank your wife. Your wife slaved over a hot stove in order, or your mother, or your, or the cook, or whoever it is, so that you should enjoy something, and you're benching for the Rabbi Shalom, you get up, you pick yourself up, and you leave. How do you think your wife feels? How do you think your mother feels? How do you think the cook feels if nobody ever has any positive feedback? Do you think if he goes home or she goes home at night, goes to sleep feeling good? Or feels like, what am I doing this for? I heard from the Badi Asholchan once, Rafael Kohn, he says that what he does personally, and since I heard it from him, I try to do it also. When you read a book, if you get a safer and you really enjoy it, you go to a shear and you really get something from it, you read a, an article in a newspaper and you enjoyed it, you got something from it, it enhanced you, it enriched you. Make the effort to go over to the speaker afterwards and say, thank you, I mamish enjoyed it. Or even look up in information, I've done this a few times, I, I've gotten a book, I gained something from it, a safer, whatever it is, I go to information, I call the guy or whoever it is that wrote the article or the safer or the book and I say, thank you, I really appreciate you, you did an amazing job. Because otherwise, he wrote the book, it's out there. If no one ever calls him or her about it, they feel it's completely wasted. Why did I do this for? Nobody's probably even looking at this thing. So in order to encourage a person, and to just encourage a mikano haba, but to thank a person for what they've done, you, the least that you owe that person is these two words, thank you. And not just say it as a niggin, thank you, thank you, thank you, like the dog, like the bell but rather to really mean it, to say it betachlis, to say it belayb benefesh, to mean I really, it's hard for me to say this, but I owe you something, I needed you, and I appreciate what you've done, and I will never forget it.